0: Through the snows of God's home to the Twilight Dells, a banished prince quests to regain his magical throne. Today on Dumpster Book Club, we're talking about Snow Castles by Duncan McGeary. I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Mimi. And I'm Elaine.
0: And this is like half a book.
1: Illustrated seven cards to the Magic the Gathering collectible card game.
0: Well, you know he's a good artist then. My vision of objective beauty in, in yes. visual art is from Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, this is so perfect. Well then you should love this guy.
0: I i like the cover. The
1: cover is a lot of fun. Yes. I assumed you guys chose it for the cover. Oh yeah.
0: Good it's, cover. Absolutely.
1: It's a buff man and a Leia slave bikini. <laughs> <laughs> in front
0: Bald eagle. So But the that piercing gaze. Yeah. His eyes burrow deep into your soul. <laughs> God.
1: He does kind of look like he's a serial killer, perhaps. He does have that look on his face.
0: And then I like it's almost kind of like Kirby dots or something at the bottom, like all these spheres coming up from it.
1: Like bubbles
0: or something. There's some
2: decorative elements. Was there was there an eagle in the story? No.
1: There was not. There was a, a crow. There was a. Okay, I'll get into the crow. But <laughs> Okay. unless a mountain crow is a fucking bald eagle, then no. <laughs> there were no eagles. Okay. And I thought he had a sword. I don't yeah, know what this Yeah, that. the weapon. Is. I don't even know what
0: this is. This
1: weapon is like both too impractical and too cool for anything that happened in the book. It looks like an eye on a stick. Hm, maybe that's not the best way of describing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm sticking with, unless you guys have a better way of describing it. It's
0: like a scepter with, it's really top heavy or something.
1: I can't tell if it's for bludgeoning or piercing, because it's. Like, if you look at it and think of it actually being used as a weapon, it's very poorly designed, <laughs> yeah. but it looks cool. I thought maybe it had to do something with magic. Maybe it's from the second yeah. half of the book. <laughs> And we haven't read it.
0: do you guys like the um, where this artist's signature is? Yeah, it's got a very like male gaze positioning.
1: <laughs> it's like in between his knees, <laughs> which combined with the bikini is a little bit suggestive it,
0: it if the first thing you look into is his eyes, the second is his crotch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just noticed this, but there's also a bald eagle on his crotch. So there is maybe a mountain crow is a bald eagle.
0: Second, most important though is the maps.
1: Oh my god, they were the best part of the book.
0: When I was a child, I would not read a book if it did not have a map at the <laughs> beginning of it. Yes, I read a lot of fantasy, <laughs> and that's I think one of the reasons why Harry Potter bounced off of me because <laughs> I didn't w- have any maps. I wanted an architectural drawing of the school and like the, right. the places and the floor plans. Yeah. and all that. And this one has, yeah, it has like a side view. (laughs) You know what's wild about this map is he wrote this book and then he had someone else do the map. So, like, he's like, hey, I wrote this book. Read my book. Draw the map. He
1: must have given them extra notes. There's no way. There's actual details in here that aren't, like, in the book. Like, look at this. Like, the swamps, the Isle Glen, Far Delta. It just expands
0: your imagination. Every book should have a map.
1: (laughs) It is Pretty fun. Also, I love the little demon faces he's drawn in certain faces. And the frog! Oh my god, I'm sorry, okay. I, I can't, I need to stop looking at this. My map.
0: favorite guy is the unknown guy at the what? top right unknown? of the first one. He's got so much uh, expression.
1: Kind of looks like a cat having a hairball. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's the unknown. They even like credit the guy who wrote it. Who was it? Derry Timleck, BFA, MCAAE, MAAE, Faculty of Education, University of Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada. Which means that both he and the cover artist were Canadians. <laughs> I don't think the writer. Well,
0: no, You know more about the writer. Yeah,
2: Duncan McGeary, um, I think he was spent his life in Bend, Oregon.
0: Bend, Oregon. Bend over, gun.
1: <laughs> Bend. No. <laughs> Oh, Good job on that pun. That really worked there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Duncan McGeary, he's on Goodreads, and it always makes me a little nervous <laughs> to review books by
1: these oh, authors.
2: He's actually, like oh, he like, has an account. Like he's very online. Ooh. I
1: think. Well. <laughs> Maybe you'll get (laughs) an angry email for the first time.
2: But I will say, sometimes when I look up an author after reading the book, like Eric Flanders, and you find out, oh, he's a pretentious asshole, I just hate the book even more. But, like... Duncan McGeary seems like a really nice, wholesome guy. Oh, no. (laughs) Who spent his whole life in Bend, Oregon.
0: I did see that he rated his own books on Goodreads, which I thought was very funny.
2: Yeah. What did you rate them?
0: Five stars, obviously. Obviously.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He comes across generally like a nice and wholesome guy. And he says, I hope you guys will check out my books. I try to make them entertaining and fast reads. Which...
0: Yeah, succeeded. I yeah, think no. Yes, rousing success.
2: So I think Snow Castles was one of his earlier books that he wrote back in the eighties, and then he kind of took a break and ended up becoming the owner of a like independent bookstore, Pegasus Books, I guess.
1: Wait, like our Pegasus Books or like a different
2: one? Well, one in Oregon.
1: Okay, yeah. I was like, I'm like gonna get kicked out of Pegasus Books forever.
0: <laughs> what it sounds like he's living the dream now. He's got a bookstore. He's writing books. That sounds great. No, I yeah.
2: Hear. So he like took a break from writing to run this Pegasus bookstore. Sounds like he's really into comic books, and he like raised a family, but now he has time for writing again, and he's gotten back into it, and he's still writing, like huh. putting books out within the last few years.
0: Still genre.
2: He he's written some pretty funny things. It looks like. Like a cyberpunk hobbit story? Sounds amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm down. Okay, but the one I really want to check out he has a book called Tuskers, which is part of the Wild Pig Apocalypse series. <laughs> 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 and I think he was just like a, a year too early on um, the uh, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Um, he predicted it. And he has a blog that he writes, and he's been writing for over a decade, and it looks like he updates it multiple times a week. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. I kind of got sucked into it a little bit, but there's mm-hmm. too much content to cover here, <laughs> so I had to just skim Next a few episode. things. But yeah, he's just like, he reviews books, he talks about writing, he gives his thoughts on like, Poverty and gentrification and bend. He's just talking about his life, and I, I think his blog is titled The Best Minimum Wage Job a Middle-Aged Guy Ever Had. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Is he talking about, like, a bookstore or a blog? I think, I think his bookstore, so, yeah.
0: I really do want a, like, a window into uh, people who write, like, at this level of genre fiction. What are, like, your goals who are you writing for and all this kind of stuff and how the industry around it works because the writing industry is very strange in general and I can only imagine it's even weirder When you at start this getting level.
1: into genre. Well,
2: maybe someday podcast road trip to Bend.
0: Well, I was hoping it's in his blog already.
2: <laughs> you don't want to meet this guy and get a signed copy oh, of Snowcastles? Oh, that Snow would Castles? be awesome
0: if we went over there and made him <laughs> sign that.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> That's all I have to share for now, so.
1: <laughs> For now. You ready to get into snow capsules? I will say this. This book, you guys have read, a, like, you guys did another podcast in between, but this book was, like, so amazing after... After <laughs> Nightblood? I, like, flew through <laughs> this book. I was like, this is great. Yeah. Things actually happen. Like... A certain amount of things happen in the first seventy pages, and that was very <laughs> exciting for me. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: yeah. If his goal is to write entertaining and fast, that it's it's a hundred percent that. Yes. It's very easy and fast to read, and it's entertaining.
2: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it, but I felt like a little bit. That was because for the first like half to three quarters of the book, I think I was like, oh, yeah, I I totally know exactly what he's going for. We're totally on the same page. And then it wasn't that. It wasn't that. I was like, oh, no, we weren't on the same page at all. (laughs) And I, but i think i kept this like better version of the book in my head yeah. the okay whole
1: time. i really want to hear about that
2: because yeah. i also thought this book was going somewhere
0: else <laughs> i i did too i
2: think we can come back to this at the end <laughs> all right this um it's a book about prince Greylock, the last heir
1: to the throne of god's home is it god's home or god's shome? because i thought it was god's home but at one point they had it m dashed So it was God Shom, and I was like, (laughs) that seems wrong. I just read it as God's home because this is, you know, the home of of the the gods. gods. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is true. But I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be obscured or not. But I just, I thought of it as God's home.
0: All the names were like, so on the nose, it's got to be God's home. It can't be anything
1: else. So Prince Greylock
2: has a lock of gray hair. God's home is the home of the gods. The bad guy is Redfrock who wears a red frock. Does he
1: actually wear a red frock? I thought He, so. he wears a
0: red, like, robe thing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what a frock is exactly. <laughs> okay, I was
1: actually a little bit... Mm, I had feelings about that, because a frock is specifically a dress, although a frock can also be a reference to a priest... So I was like, is yeah. this like a weird sexist thing? And then later on I kept on reading it and I was like, wait, I think he's just being like associated with like a Catholic cardinal. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. Yeah. he does have that vibe kind of. But it's very, three musketeers. He's like, oh, he's the evil yeah, cardinal. Yeah.
1: Except he does Richelieu. get his ass kicked a little more easily than Richelieu.
2: But Greylock's best friend's name is Spear, which it's <laughs> <laughs> was like, okay. <laughs> Greylock took a
0: peek at the (laughs) urinal and gave him a name.
1: He kind of felt like he could have just been named comedic sidekick, like the way he's treated, (laughs) honestly.
2: Okay, so Prince Greylock, last heir to the throne. He's been banished by the tyrant. The tyrant is just the name of the ruler of this god's home. And possibly being manipulated by his steward, Redfrock. The tyrant, not
1: this. I'm sorry, this is confusing. There's too many men.
0: (laughs) Already confused.
1: (laughs) Like the one woman so far is his cousin who he really wants to marry. And she does not seem like she's very into it. She She doesn't seem
0: particularly interested in marrying, period. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, can I just be rich? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) She is the daughter of the current tyrant. Is she? Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: So, Who is his uncle.
1: Yeah. As, wow. Uh, yeah, they're cousins. He yeah. was he was supposed to marry her, they're, right? They're like... Yeah. When you think about how small this community is, you have to assume incest is actually pretty common. Right. Yeah. Plus the royalty, like... Which, but... I mean...
0: Because there's only, like, what... Ten snow castles, mm. and they're all kind of like one family and their servants.
1: I think you're supposed to feel for him. You're supposed to be like, oh, she's like this bad guy, and like she won't say yes to him. But reading this, I was like, mm, I'd, I'd do the same thing if I were her. <laughs> like, you yeah. Yo, let's put off this marriage for a little longer. I'm not mm, interested, really.
0: And he's just confused because, hey, I'm a barbarian. Look at these pecs. <laughs> and Redfrock is an old guy. Look at how gross he is. So he doesn't understand. It seems strange because it spends a lot of the book saying how his body is honed by the constant struggles of living in God's home, and how he's so much superior to the Underworlders. But then we get a lot of examples of people whose bodies are not honed by right. God's home, yeah, and seem to live kind of nice lives.
1: <laughs> Maybe confusing. it's because they're rich too. It was that was a little weird. Now that he's banished.
2: I think he was given the choice of either you go up into the mountains to join the gods, which is basically certain death being frozen, or to go down the mountain into the underworld, which is supposedly full of demons.
1: I don't think he's really even supposed to go into the underworld. It's just expected he's like going to go up to the gods and he's like, screw that, I know that you just freeze to death up there. I'm heading down to demon land.
2: Yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna prove that it's not actually full of literal demons, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll let him back in.
0: He's not going to be let back in, I think he's going to right. conquer. Yeah, that violently
1: would. <laughs> make his way back. The well, back says into the demons, and when I showed my sister this book, she was like, Is this like a question? Is it asking if I'm into yeah. demons? <laughs> you
0: like- into demons?
1: This was actually one of the things I enjoyed about the book. It does seem like someone who lived their life in this, like, cold mountain, like, their perspective, like, it says, like, the cold embrace of the gods, like, that's associate. Like that's associated with them. As he goes down, he's like, oh, God, the earth is getting all soft and gross. Yeah. This is disgusting. It's, like, it's decaying. There was a lot of things like that that I enjoyed. However, one thing did drive me crazy, and then at one point... <laughs> He describes something as a mountain crow. If you live on a mountain your entire life and you know nothing but a mountain, you're not going to call it a mountain crow. You're going to call it a frickin' crow. Like, (laughs) as compared to what? It's not like we talk about, like, I talk about panthers and I'm like, Earth panthers as opposed to the Mars panthers, which I've never seen before.
0: That is kind of the difference in a lot of these books we read is sometimes the author imagines the life of their characters and writes that into the book. And sometimes it's just like an archetype. They stamp onto it or it's just themselves. Yeah, <laughs> As but, every character. But stronger or something. <laughs> uh, so kudos to McGeary for actually writing a character. It's not the best character, but he yeah. thought about it.
2: But yeah. yeah, no, talking about like the soft earth and stuff being deeply unsettling. I did really like that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was all was really early
1: on. Good start. And... Specifically in God's home, they have like this religion. You can't like go down. That's where the demons are. And that's actually what he got in trouble for. He couldn't, Greylock could not keep his mouth like shut. It's like clear his uncle is going to die in a year. And he just needs to keep his mouth shut for like a year to get the role of tyrant after like beating some people up. But he can't. He has to complain about the religion and get kicked out immediately.
0: Which comes up quite a few times in the book. He just can't just, like, shut up or let something be. He's always got to share his opinion on whatever thing, and it gets him into trouble multiple times.
2: Yep. Traveling down the mountain, he meets Moag (laughs) and Mara.
1: (laughs) Sorry those names. (laughs) I just called them Eminem in my head.
2: (laughs) They're wizards. Moag is, like, a
1: fire wizard, and Mara... She's, like, she's, like, an airbender. But she's, like, Mara is, like, really bitter about being a witch. She, like, acts like she isn't. She's, like, no, I'm not. Fuck this. Okay, this is the thing that I was really confused about. How magic works in relationship to gold, a.k.a. Glyden, is extremely odd. And basically, her grandfather, like, is, like, trying to break out of that cycle And she's, like, bitter about it. I actually, I found her sympathetic at first, but as time went on, I became more and more sympathetic to Moag, who was the character I least expected to sympathize with.
0: I actually uh, felt that, too. It was an interesting turnaround. So Moag and Mara are up on the mountain searching for Glyden which is gold because magic works in some very like strange bureaucratic way where you have to be paid and then you're in the service and then you can cast magic. But there's always like a workaround or some technicality you can do.
1: I was just going to say what makes it even weirder is that your whatever we'll just call them your lord like gives you gold and then you're supposed to perform magic for them but it isn't like now that's your gold it's like as long as you have that gold you're in their service if you give it back to them that's the only way you can stop being in their service and be free again so it isn't like money it's like this weird talisman and you're like wait so how do you survive is it like they just like you're like they just give your upkeep the whole thing was like really confusing <laughs> well
0: gliding isn't used as currency in the world it's it is a symbol of wealth but it's like too rare to be currency
1: also morwag and mara are pretty surprised to see Greylock. supposedly the reason their cultures are not interacting well it's implied there's other reasons as well but they both have like legends that the other place is just like full of demons so like they see him and they're like oh a human okay
0: and he is equally shocked and is <laughs> yeah. concerned they're demons there at was first.
1: this great line where it was like, oh, he thought he was open-minded, but he was actually pretty surprised to see people <laughs> <he laughs> <more> demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greylock needs an army.
2: And, yeah, and Moag needs Glyden, so they kind of form a, they team up. They're going to work together to get this army from, they're going to travel to Troll and, like, get this king to help them recruit an army and then they're gonna take over God's home, and then Moag can have all the glide and. Yeah, there's see.
0: there's definitely a lot of charisma checks on both sides, because <laughs> Greylock is is convincing Moag that he is necessary, like he has to be put in as tyrant, and also tricking him that there may be more glide than there actually is, right. and then Moag also seems to be hiding something about his relation with the people entrolled and. I don't know, other stuff about the underworld. He
1: just really seems like like a huckster. He seems Moag, I mean. Like he doesn't really seem like super reliable. Greylock does this a lot where there's someone who seems like not trustworthy and Greylock trusts them and it like works out for him and you feel yeah. like it should not.
0: <laughs> he has the superpower of dumb luck. <laughs> yeah, kind of.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and they have to, so they're going to go on this journey to get this army. Meanwhile, back in God's home, Corel Redfrock. And turns out he has a familiar. It's that cr- mountain crow I mentioned that I was really annoyed about. <laughs> turns out, like, Redfrock has been to, like... Like off the mountain, he's been off the top of the mountain, and he's met people down there and made allies. So he's already done. Like it's quite funny because Greylock is like, "I'm the first person to ever do it," and it's like, "No, your enemy has already done this." Yeah, and it looks like he kind of did a better job. Of, like he managed to sneak off the mountain without getting like literally banished. I'm gonna be honest here; everyone seemed like a more interesting character to me than Greylock for like multiple reasons. Right. But Redfrock seemed pretty interesting because he actually has managed to, like, sneak off from this very small community, and apparently no one noticed that he, like, went missing for a while, so. Yeah, but Greylock has got the six-pack. Everyone (laughs) notices. Twelve-pack,
0: baby. (laughs) I am confused about about Redfrock because it just seems like the underworld is better than God's home. God's home seems like a tough place to live, and if he's so manipulative and smart... Maybe he should have just made his life in the underworld.
1: Maybe, but he would have had to start from scratch.
0: I guess that's true. Because here
1: it's like he's, it's sort of ambiguous how much he's successfully manipulating the tyrant, but he definitely has power. Also, maybe he's like Greylock and he's like, all this greenery is gross and I hate it.
0: That's true. He could be uncomfortable (laughs) in the underworld.
1: Um, we see a little bit more of the Tyrant
2: and Redfrock later, and it has, like, a very Lord of the Rings um, vibe. Yeah, very
0: Wormtongue.
2: Yeah, Wormtongue and Theoden, basically. And Duncan McGeary does talk about how much of an influence J.R.R. Tolkien was, obviously. I mean, yeah.
0: on the world.
1: Yes. If, if but, you're in um, fantasy, you cannot escape Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> but... It's like, okay, did you guys notice this? Like, Redfrock mentions having a master... And he's like, I'm doing this for my master. And then that's never mentioned again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that we would have to add that to
2: the list of unresolved list of things we
0: hope are in <laughs> book two. Right. Well, it sets up so much stuff that's not resolved that we all just imagine is in book two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like throughout the book, there's also this mystery of like the gateway. Like, what is the gateway? <laughs> like, what is the gateway? And it's mentioned here. He's like, he knows the answer of the gateway. But- what is the gateway? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I had considered reading the second one before we did this because this is so short. Yeah. And then I decided it's just better, better to imagine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- Red Redfrock is supposed to be the strategic genius, but then he also is like, wait, I'm also going to go down off the mountain and hunt down Greylock, which it seems like everyone in this book is really bad at planning. Like everyone's plans are bad bad. There's yes. ones later that made me like actually angry because it was so bad. Yeah. This plan was just like bad, confusing just generally
0: I like Greylock's approach because he's, he's just sure it'll work out in the end It does. He's he like I'm gonna I, go down the mountain and get an army. Where? How? I don't know. But I'm gonna do it and he does it yeah. <laughs> He
1: has main <laughs> character powers He knows no one's gonna kill him
2: Greylock keeps traveling with Moag and Mara, and they enter the Twilight Dells, which is full of wurs.
1: Yeah, how do you—is it weir? Is it wur? It's W-Y-R-R. And I was, like, whirring, like a whirring noise. Is that— um, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was weirs in my head, but—
1: All right, that makes more sense than wurs.
2: but— whirs just sounds bad.
0: Oh, but but wurs uh like they were is yeah is more contextual
2: <laughs> okay so the, the, the w-, w people <laughs> weirs, weirs they're like emaciated people gray hair they're all hiding out in like little clans in this valley we they know seem
1: non-human at first i assume yeah. they were like a like, like a like cursed a,
2: elf race or something. Like a goblin. Well, they kind of like are. Yeah. Which is another, like, very Lord of the Rings thing where it's like, we find out that Greylock and the Wurrs share an ancestor. Well, a
1: pretty and, like, close like, ancestor. Yeah, but <laughs> then I was like, oh, it's his dad.
2: <laughs> okay. Which okay, doesn't shit. make any sense. <laughs> I don't understand. No, but, oh, okay, but like, and he's yeah. like, he's the deliverer of the Wurrs. And that's... <laughs> that
1: Stupid said out loud. But,
2: <laughs> but it, de- it never comes back. He didn't deliver any words. He did not
0: deliver the words.
2: <laughs> okay. That,
0: that was supposed to be the army that takes over God's home.
2: Um, Yeah. So they they were like pretty monstrous, but then it's like, oh, they're just like really gross people.
1: It also seems like the land is cursed, like nothing yeah. grows there. And uh, Greylock himself notices it and it's like, this is pretty weird. It starts turning his hair gray. Oh my gosh. They mention his hair turning gray so much that if you took a shot every time it mentions (laughs) his hair getting grayer while they're hanging out (laughs) in friggin' Whirland... You'd get so drunk you couldn't finish this book. So th- then we get into,
2: like, some really b- bad planning, I think, right away, where they're about to fight a bunch of wars. Oh, my gosh. And, like, Moag is like, no, 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 it's cool. I got this. Just do nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't beat up these words, And you're like, why? Just just beat yeah, them up. It's
2: okay. like- no, 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 no. I've got a plan. The plan is nothing, and they get captured.
0: Just, okay, guys, <laughs> bl- bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> Surrender was a bad plan.
2: <laughs> but for some reason they like don't want to hurt the wars too much, so they do some like gliden stuff. So he gives Moag some gliden.
1: His dagger and then the hilt is gold.
2: Right. And so he does some smoke magic and they're able to sneak away.
1: And then we get Greylock's true personality is revealed <laughs> in a <laughs> I was I was so confused what Greylock's personality was supposed to be. I was like, oh, he's supposed to be like sort of a general barbarian type. But then he has conflicting personality traits, but instead of making him deeper, it just makes him seem like badly written. Where it's like sometimes he's like weirdly like cunning and kind of backstabby. But then other times he's like, I just love punching things and I get things <laughs> through punching things and being way too honest. So yeah, th- this turns out to be terrible for Moag.
2: Yes, because Moag thought that he would, you know, immediately be released. Give that the glider back. Their yeah. deal. Yeah. He's
1: like, yeah, I'll I'll do this <laughs> and magic, and then I'll give you back your little it, dagger, and it'll be and cool. It'll be like before.
2: Greylock, like changes his mind. He's gonna he's gonna keep Moag's service. So Sleeper, essentially. Keep doing magic.
1: And Mara, Moeg's granddaughter, is like the one who tells him to do it. Like he's kind of considering it. And he's like, oh, it would sure be nice if I could force this guy to do magic for me all the time. And Mara's like, do it, enslave my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. What I'm the not fuck super clear on why she did that, but alright. She's like tired <laughs> of wandering around, and it's like, okay, I know you don't want to leave your grandfather behind, but I think leaving him behind is less harsh than putting him into slavery because you're tired (laughs) of wandering around. Like, that's pretty rough. And then Greylock has this hilarious thought, he would let the wizard out of servitude as soon as they were out of danger, which seems like such a wishy-washy, like, that's the kind of thing you say, and then you enslave someone forever. I'm just (laughs) saying.
2: So then this is when um, Moag turns... Greylock's little dinky toy sword. Yeah, uh, into super cool real sword, Thunderer.
1: It's like, it looks like this sword that has like really symbolic meaning for the royal family up on God's home. It seems like it might actually be the Thunderer like, Greylock doesn't think that, but as the audience member, it seems pretty clear it might be the Thunderer because Moag's like, whoa, I've, I'm have i not that powerful. It felt like some other pa- like power was channeling through me to do that. So you're like, okay, this is actually Thunderer and the gods have intervened. But this was really odd for me because since this happens, suddenly Moag is like no longer pissed at Greylock for enslaving him. And Mara's like, "Uh, oh, this guy seems kind of sexy now. Yeah. He, has a, he has a big sword. I'm into it.
0: <laughs> it just seems very
1: odd. And then also, this was really funny. Mara like shows some warmth to Greylock for like three seconds. And he's suddenly like, I will give you anything you want when I am tyrant. And it's like a really weird moment. I think we're supposed to find it like romantic, but... To me, I was like, this is like really psychologically weird. It seems right. like in the better book, I feel like this would be like a weird, possibly like creepy dynamic you could build on. But no, it's just he just made her a promise. And that's cool. Well,
0: his, his only other interaction with a love interest is Lady Silver Frost, who is very frosty to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like an ice cream.
1: She's very cold. <laughs> So then Mara says, you have to promise to free my grandfather Moag when you become tyrant, which is another thing, which is an insane timeline. (laughs) Like, I think most books, it would take like three books to take over a country. Yeah. And so that seems like a really, like your grandfather is old and you have sold him into slavery for what could be a huge period of time. Like everything about it just seems so bad. Well, good thing Greylock's got a plan here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, one. Honestly, the the most impressive part of this book is how quickly Duncan McGeary is able to have the arc of "I need an army, I get an army, I take over like a country." It's impressive that he's able to like move it that fast in so few words. (laughs) Like it could be a challenge.
1: And he actually he doesn't make it like totally nonsensical. Like it seems like. It does seem like Greylock has pretty insane luck, but you're like, oh, I see how these events happened. Mm-hmm. It's not right. like it's not like you feel like you got amnesia halfway through and missed a bunch of events. Yeah,
2: and, and he finds time in the middle to be dealing with all these whirrs all the time. He has dreams of
1: begging f- yeah, them begging to free them.
2: And about how he's like the chosen one and the deliverer, and then they get attacked by Red men and all this stuff, but okay. Then they escape the Twilight Dells. Make it out. And enter Far Valley? The Border Keep? Border I, Keep I, is like a Yeah, I didn't have the map, so I was doing the best I could to figure out uh, where we were. So the
0: Far Valley is between the Twilight Dells and Border Keep.
2: Okay. So yeah. Border Keep and the Far Valley, it seems to be like like under feudalism, basically. There's like all these farmers, and they're all ruled by the, the lord high mayor
1: and there's actually this very funny really fast political discussion moag is like yeah well you should keep your people like hungry and miserable because when you do that they just want to be warm but when you start treating them well then like then they want freedom and rights and stuff and Greylock's like a ruler should not treat his people like that and moag is like you have literally enslaved me you do not have the right to die <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so was. <laughs>
2: <Funny to me. laughs> yep. Uh, so then they get rounded up by soldiers.
1: <laughs> Once again, Moag and Mar are like, no, don't attack We <laughs> got action. a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> Just surrender. <laughs> uh,
2: yes. And so they all get to meet the Lord High Mayor who also has a familiar that it's, Moag made for him.
1: Yeah, and Moag's like really freaked out by this familiar. He's like that is a that is a demon. I like there are, there demons exist and that is one.
0: Yeah, it seems more like the evil person is the familiar more than the Lord High Mayor.
1: There's implications that it's like the the rat is somehow like the familiar is somehow controlling the Lord High Mayor, but we never see it.
2: We just see the this like it's a little white rat And he's, like, he's everywhere. He's always spying on people and watching. So he's got, like, a ton of information. And then he's always whispering in the ear of the mayor. So,
1: you know. There is a hilarious moment where Greylock is like, well, I don't, like, these people seem great. I don't know why they don't overthrow this Lord High Mayor. And you're like, oh, well, you know, like, social situations are really complicated. And, like, that actually happens a lot in real life. And then he's like, I know why. It's because this rat is everywhere spying. And it's like, that is not... The answer I was personally thinking of, but okay. But, he, like, he go they are dragged into this hall, and they're going to be interrogated. Somehow they get out of this. Well... I forget. It happens so they fast. They pass they're and like,
0: fail multiple uh, charm checks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it kind of... Well, also what happens is, like, Tarleton is being, like, he's being really mood-swingy. Like, at one moment, he's like, welcome! Then the next, he's like, ah, tell me everything. And at one moment, this guy steps up, and... He's like, hey, like, stop doing that to them. And it's a pretty funny moment. Because, like, Gray like, looks at him and is like, this guy's really good looking. And he'd be an awesome opponent in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> he seems more into him than, like, either of yeah. his actual love Opponents interests.
0: Opponent in a fight is, like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then it's really funny because it's, like, he's, like, all the farmers respect Harcourt, who is this, like... He's not a farmer, technically. He's, like, a something a slightly... A yeoman? A yeoman.
2: Um, but, yeah. He was, like, super sexy, super swole.
0: Even bigger than Greylock. <laughs> That's even possible.
1: <laughs> like, what's really funny, though, is Tarleton is like, oh, well, do you want to participate in the government, hardcore Harcore's like, no. And later on, he's like, I could never participate in such a corrupt government. But that feels like not how gov- like how government works like (laughs) step up and like participate in your local government hardcore come on yeah then it's like at the end tarleton somehow is just like you know what you seem fine just go stay in a room that like i don't remember how that happened either i think
0: that was the crow told him to do it the crow told the rat and the rat told him to do it
1: well i mean like i know that's why yeah because this guy tarleton is red Frog's friend but I can't remember like how that scene goes down in.
0: I think the it's book. just like it cuts to the rat whispering in his ear, and then he has a change of mood.
1: And he's like, "Suddenly, you're gonna be my guest slash prisoner." And everyone's in like,
0: room. "That's not weird. <laughs> that rat just told <laughs> you what to do." <laughs>
1: They go into this private room and, oh, my gosh, despite, like, every single warning sign, Greylock is like, maybe I should alley up with this guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's got an army? Yeah, right? They can convince him with the gold?
1: It's, yeah. like, shocking how bad he is at reading people. Yeah. <laughs> and then,
2: like, okay, so then Harcourt comes to talk to him and they have, like, a secret plan, no. which I do not understand his which plan. Which is
0: the same is we'll just join up with them. They yeah. <laughs> got an army, they got gold.
2: Let's join up with him
1: and let's then plan. don't tell Moag that it's Yeah, hardcore comes to Greylock and is like Tarleton is a bad horrible dude and I want you to accept his help. <laughs> because we're being op- we're being oppressed and if like he leaves with your army then we'll have like we'll be able to like actually do things cuz he and his rat will be gone. This made me so Mad! Oh, my God. No one would accept this deal. This deal is... I was so angry with both of them. Like, with hardcore... Can you imagine approaching someone (laughs) with this plan? There's no way they would accept... Like, if I had to lead an army, we would all immediately die. Because I don't know anything about strategy. But even I looked at this plan, and I was like, this plan is so fucking bad. And then Greylock accepts it like the stupidest person. (laughs) So what? so like I, th- oh, I was
2: trying to figure out like okay what's what's Harcour's game plan here like I was thinking like the mayor and the army out of the way like he could take over the government but like
1: he goes with he them. goes with them goes <laughs> with <their laughs> yeah no that's exactly what he describes his plan as being and then and it's like, like and then later on like with the soldiers he's like well at least Harcourt is here and he's sexy and buff. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing
0: here, Hardcore? (laughs) Well, that was the funny part of the plan is like a nighttime escapade. And he's like, Greylock, you gotta do this plan. And Greylock's like, I don't know. It's like, Hardcore moves in closer. You gotta do this plan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it feels like the book thinks that Lady Silverfrost is the femme fatale. And it's clearly Hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Who's using it? wiles to get things done yeah <laughs> like yeah but and then at the end well Gre- Greylocks, will like well i have to tell moag i actually like earlier they made an agreement and he's like okay i won't have a deal with tarlatan and he's like oh no don't tell him that he's not good enough at acting just have your closest ally and magic user think that you have betrayed him again <laughs> and leave him simmering in bitter rage and that is exactly yeah what he does. That part
2: of the plan made really no sense, but it also didn't hurt
1: Greylock and then it was fine. No, that's what's weird about this book is Greylock makes these horrible plans and they just turn out okay. There's only one part of the book that ever feels like there's ever any peril and the rest of it, it's like he does these stupid things and you're like, oh, like I know how this is going to work. This is going to come back and bite him in the ass. And then- it does not. It's fine. It's...
0: Yeah, and it's not even, like, worth saying they're dumb. In the book, it's set up as if this is, like, a looming mistake that's going to come back to bite him. It all has, you know, the portent of some sort of problem or difficulty uh-huh. in the future. And then it, it never does. Yeah. Which kind of reminds me of Lord of the Rings, where, like, you know some stuff's happening. You're like, can't it just go right this one time? <laughs> yeah. And you're just hoping those hobbits won't have any problems. But this time it, like, does. It's yeah. like, God, I hope Greylock makes it okay. And he just does every yeah. time.
1: <laughs> also, there's, this is, like, a small thing of note. But Greylock also has this meeting with Moag. And at one point, like, Moag is like, oh, he should have just told them to be quiet. But he doesn't. So then, like, Mara tells Greylock, like, that Moag had this, like, history and, like, where this guy also tricked Moag into being his slave. But it's different. Don't worry. You won't be cursed like this guy is. And then Moag is like, oh you idiots, the rat overheard us. And then Greylock gets really angry at him and he like he like goes over and he like specifically is like, I want to physically intimidate and like frighten him in this really weird psychological moment where it seems it does not seem like the moment of a hero, like, even if you want to ignore the whole, like, enslaving a person thing. So.
0: Again, in the text, it's, like, setting up this thing where Greylock has this alter character or his tyrant can come out. Yes. Yeah. And the other people recognize it. But then it turns out okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You're right. He never actually, like, okay, he doesn't slave a guy, but everyone treats that like it's fine, even though it clearly isn't. And it's, like, everything else, yeah, it just ends up being fine. Oh yeah. but Red Frogs Crow does come and it's like, okay, great, you've got him to agree to your like have your army. Just when he gets there, have him take the left-handed course, which is like so vague. If I was yeah. Tarleton, I'd be like, just take like the it- left handed route every single time we go.
0: <laughs> but yeah. I was wondering if this was like like left hand magic or something. Like if this was some sort of I mean, obviously not based on the book, but was there some like metaphorical sense to this left hand thing? I, instead of being right, I think like I thought
1: it was just because like left is associated with wrongness. I didn't yeah, think it was yeah. any.
0: <laughs> you're going way deeper. I, I, than I well, think just it. this this book hints at so many things yeah. where I mean, you just start like, what is it? What is it? Tell me,
1: give me a thing.
2: It's nothing. Yeah, I mean, there was so much like weird stuff that was like yeah. so deliberate. It was like, oh yeah, I totally know what this all means. And then it was like, oh wait, I have no idea what any <laughs> of this means. <laughs> Everyone is cool with this horrible plan. <laughs> we're one. we're traveling back to God's home, including hardcore. Yeah. And his other yeoman. Yeah, all of them worse. are going. Yeah. It's not just Harcourt. Uh, okay, so we go back through the
1: wars. There's more mysterious war encounters. Yeah, and we actually find out that the legends, there's this legend, like, among the people of the lower lands that the wurs betrayed the gods up on the mountains, and that got them cursed, and also, like, the gods, like, shut them out somehow. And there's also, like, this legend in God's Home about how they closed the gateway and they cast down demons, so it seems like that's somehow related Especially since at one point it's like the words manage to like all gather together and cast this magic spell, and when they do, they look like their old selves, and their old selves basically look like Greylock. But it doesn't mean anything.
0: That's gotta mean something. If anything comes okay. back in book two, it's okay, gotta yeah, yeah, yeah. be the words. Well, if I'll hope... it's not the words, I'll, <laughs> Don't I'll just... drive to Bend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. The
2: Demand of, of volume three. <laughs> Resolve the words. <laughs>
1: Then there's the part you talked about. Which where, word? where they're like, a were is his dad. Like when yeah, the worst comes yeah, up. Yeah, how and- did how does a word be his dad? I don't know. Well,
0: because they were <laughs> cast down like ten years ago. Yeah.
1: That seems like such a weird timeline. I was like, how old is his dad? Is this Is his dad like one of those people who had a kid at like 80 years old? I assumed this was a curse of several hundred years. Like also in Lord of the Rings. This made me think of that part where like Aragorn gets those like ghost people that betrayed his ancestors. That's what it seemed like. And then it's like surprise. It had to have happened less than 20 years ago because Greylock is specifically 19 years
0: old. (laughs) And that means all the wars were in God's home? And they are all cast down 19 years ago. Like, they haven't propagated. There were just thousands and thousands of people sent out of God's home. Also,
1: there's no way that you could remove that from, like, your cultural context that fast. Like, the people of God's home would be totally aware of that. It's like, they talk about how the tyrant is, like, a guy who's especially cracked down on, like information and stuff but that is something that is too big to keep unless you like literally have each person in an individual room and you're piping in propaganda 24 seven okay
2: someone's gonna have to read One of us towers is gonna have to read this okay. book and
0: figure it out
2: moag mara decide they're gonna sneak ahead okay
1: i have something i have to say okay this. go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry that i'm going all these rants but this was like the most horrifying moment all right okay, er, the, okay. So Greylock is like, okay, Moag and I are gonna go scout ahead. And Mara's like, "Uh, take me. And he's like, no, goodbye. So they leave, but then suddenly Mara appears. Like Greylock specifically told some of the men to like capture her, but she's escaped. And Moag's like, oh, wow, she used her magic without getting like glided in return for it. That means she really likes you. But then your logic kicks in and it suddenly becomes really horrifying because you're like, okay, Mara was kind of into Greylock before, but she wasn't like this into him. When did she specifically start treating him way differently? Like, when did she really get into him? And you're like, oh, my God, it's the moment when he was bullying her grandfather, Mara, some sort of horrifying grandfather-bullying kink. And this <laughs> is, like, the worst thing I've ever learned in this book. And it's like, oh, God, I don't think that's what the author intended, but he...
0: I, I screwed, can't believe it.
1: He screwed up and had that be like, those are the events Like, that's when she specifically, like, starts treating him differently. Like, she sees him as, like, a real love interest now. And it's, like...
0: Yeah, enslaving was moment one. (laughs) Like, intimidating moment two. And then... Oof. It's... it's,
1: No, that was terrible. And I did not like it. And that really (laughs) freaked me out. And I was, like... This is... is I can't believe the editor didn't catch that. Like, you fucked up your romance beats, and now it looks like... Hold
0: on. Editor?
1: <laughs> there was an editor. Come on. There were
0: so many typos in there.
1: Okay, I'm technically not seeing an editor listed. But to be fair, I had to, like, look up the cover artist just by looking at his name and typing in, like, sci-fi art. <laughs> so it's not like they have anyone listed in the front anyway. But anyway... That was horrifying, and I didn't like it.
0: An aside on typos, there's a part that's supposed to be romantic, but instead of it being heart, it's herd. <laughs> so it's like, he felt it in his herd. His <laughs> <laughs> oh, herd no. of goats. And, and it really ruined the moment. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Also, he uses the word noisome a couple times. The word noisome actually means smelly, but he talks about, like, the rat familiar as being noisome, but he's, like, 20 feet away from the rat, so you're, like, if the rat smells that bad, that is, like, the, that is more powerful than the rat's, like, spying capabilities, is that it is so smelly you can smell it from 20 feet away. That yeah,
0: it must be rough when it's on your shoulder <laughs> whispering yes. in your ear. <laughs>
1: And he also describes the crow as the same way. So I'm like, perhaps familiars like, they're just rotting inside. I don't know what's going uh. on.
2: They sneak in to check out the ice castles.
1: There was some cool
2: stuff in this part. I think when they like talk about how these ice castles and snow castles are built. There's like the lava flows or something that, like, there's like warm spots mm-hmm. and they build around them. And I don't know, kind of cool, but
0: this seems like there wasn't enough snow castles for the book to be called snow castles. Yeah, the book should be called Prince Greylock or The Adventures of <laughs> Thunderer, or how
1: to enslave your local magic <laughs> user, yeah.
0: uh, Greylock and hardcore, deep night, hardcore,
1: <laughs> hardcore night. <laughs> <laughs> uh. no I did like the descriptions of the snow castles that was another moment where it sort of felt like he was really getting into the universe and that was pretty enjoyable
2: yeah but then um so then they go back and they're gonna sneak the whole army in through these caverns the caverns were also kind of interesting they reminded me a little bit of um the tombs of Aton. it's like oh yeah Greylock has like spent his life running through these caverns so he knows them all or something and but it doesn't.
1: No, but they there's some changes. There's like a part where there's a split in the road, and Tarleton's like, "This is my moment," so he like <laughs> sends out his <laughs> rat, and he's like, "Oh, okay, we should take the tunnel to the left." And Greylock doesn't... I was surprised by this because it's like, oh, Greylock knows these tunnels so well. But you'd think if he knew these tunnels so well, he would instantly be like, these tunnels have been changed. But he doesn't notice that the tunnels have been changed. And so they get to this place and he's basically kind of lost. And so Tarleton is like, oh, we should definitely do the left tunnel. Oh, Greylock's gonna like recognize it or something. No, Greylock just bumbles around a little bit and is like, the left tunnel it is. So they go down the left tunnel.
0: But then it's like not that big a deal.
1: No, yeah, yeah, they just... It's not that big a deal. They just run into a fucking lava lake. Like, oh my god. Like, they're going down and it's getting hotter and hotter. And Greylock is like, I can't show that I'm, like, anxious to the men. So we'll just keep on going. And they literally run into a lava lake. And it's fantasy. So they don't all instantly incinerate. But I honestly would have been fine with an ending. (laughs) They just... They go into this room full of lava and they all instantly turn into ash. Then they discover Mara is missing and...
2: We get some Mara chapters. She's off on her own, digging around,
1: and then. She's like, goes into this little side tunnel and it collapses on her, and so then she has to like dig her way out, and she digs her way out into like the kitchen of the tyrant. Yeah,
2: and then ends up in the tyrant's death room and has a weird conversation
1: with him. He seems pretty disconnected from reality. The
0: death room is where you go to die, not to kill.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds a lot more <laughs> badass than it is. It's just him by himself on his bed looking Waiting like frail and crazy.
2: He does seem to like waffle back and forth a little bit. Like he's not totally coherent. Even though he banished Greylock, he he does really want Greylock to take his place. But he's supposed to fight for it. Yeah, he's got to kill that. Red Redfrocks. He's it's
0: giving like, him the opportunity To earn his kingdom.
1: Right. That actually annoyed me because that's something that happens a lot in fantasy where it's like this character rebels or is thrown out. And then it's like, but don't worry. They secretly actually have the approval of the authority that previously threw them out. Like this almost always happens when like the story is like about monarchy or something. And so it's like, oh, don't worry. They're legitimized. They're a true member of the monarchy. It weakens that character though, because it's like, oh, you're not actually like rebelling. That's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, so I'm sure it's like fine, but it like showed up and I was like, Oh, this thing I hate.
2: Yeah, and they're like struggling and bumbling and Suffocating. Yeah, slowly suffocating as they try to dig their way out in the dark (laughs) and then uh then Mara shows up and she's like, Oh hey guys, here Here's the way out, and... She,
1: she uses her magic to blast open the doors. Yeah. After With Greylock, some killing right? force. This is weird, though, because this is, like, the second time she's really used a lot of magic without being, like, indebted to someone. I wasn't sure if that was going somewhere, but maybe it's, like, I think it was just supposed to be, like, oh, she loves Greylock, so she does this.
2: Yeah, I thought it was just that, like, she was the, a more powerful wizard. I mean, you had to... She,
0: But she doesn't need Gliden ever.
1: Which is, I feel like that's one of the things that I'm hoping will go somewhere, and that it will <laughs> not go somewhere just based on the rest of this book.
2: Okay, so then final battle the the tyrants' armies and Greylock's army they fight in the, a- in the caverns.
0: Uh, so I did like the depiction of the fighting. Cause it's like kind of closer to how a lot of like medieval combat is. Maybe you know more about it, but it's like either you flank and you just, you all get the other guys or you kind of have to square off one-on-one Otherwise, you're always like worrying about who's behind you or whatever. So like, you know, Bray Hart, where they all like smash into each other. Whatever. That's like not very accurate. Really, like you kind of kind just l- look at each other and then someone's like brave enough to go forward and like someone else. And you just like it's just a series of like 50-50 shot battles like over and over again. Pretty brutal. And so they had that in there. And I thought that was kind of neat.
2: Yeah. Instead
0: of having like some epic battle with giant armies is kind of showed like just the stupidity of (laughs) martial combat.
1: And even Greylock is like, oh crap, I did not expect it was going to be this horrible and violent. This whole battle then comes to a stop because the gatekeepers show up. Yeah. And this is right after Greylock is like, I'm willing to kill my uncle now. And then Redfrock shows up and is like... Your uncle is dead. And that was the thing that annoyed me. I was like, oh, he's going to have the strong character moment where he, like, kills his uncle, which is morally ambiguous. Nope. Your uncle just died. Don't worry about it,
2: dude. <sighs> um, but so the gatekeepers want to talk. Who are the gatekeepers? Some kind of religious Christ. leaders. So everyone listens to them. They want to stop this battle so that
1: Greylock can prove that he should be the leader was a different a- way. It's, they're trying to prove that he's actually Greylock because I think they all sort of know he went into like the demon lands and came back, and they're like, Well, we don't know if you're a demon or the real Greylock. That was, yeah. was that what was going on? That was kind my of, yeah.
2: So he's got to prove his identity so that he can like take the throne peacefully. He's got his fake Thunderer. But that works to prove his identity, even though Redfrock has secretly destroyed the
1: real Thunderer. It's sort of implied that maybe this is the real Thunderer. Maybe this is, Greylock is the chosen one. But, like, nothing's explicitly said. The priest's just accepted, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's
2: it. Okay, the end. Mm -hmm. Greylock is the new tyrant. Redfrock escapes, and then Greylock says, well, he's banished anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: and, such a petty child <laughs> thing to do. And
2: then, yeah, they they, f- they figure out, like, okay, Tarleton betrayed them. That drove me nuts. Somehow. Greylock
1: is like, oh, Tarleton betrayed us because he told us to do the wrong passage, but he also chose the wrong passage. This moment made no sense. It's like the author almost told him, like, oh, this guy is bad, when instead he should just be thinking, oh, he made the same mistake as me.
2: Yeah, he, I mean, and it was also kind of not clear that it was, like, a deliberate cave-in versus an accidental cave-in, but, yeah, okay, whatever. So but he's we,
0: tyrant now. He doesn't we, need proof. Yeah,
2: we know Tarleton's is he, a bad like guy. He's a bad guy. Him, no one likes him. him. Yeah. So, okay, hardcore's amazing plan yeah is like so okay instead of high lord mayor he's just gonna be a normal mayor <laughs> but he's he has to be our servant now
1: yeah and but we'll watch him all the time and it will be terrible and it's like <laughs> this plan is so don't just take him out of a position of power just make him like a you think he's not going to be using every single moment that he can to like screw you guys over? It's hardcore. It's good he has a sexy body because his yeah. brains are not good.
2: <laughs> um. Okay. And so then Lady Silver Frost shows up. She's ready to be the.
0: She's like, the, I'm ready the to the be queen. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then Greylock chooses Mara instead. And Silver Frost is PO'd, and it's implied that she's gonna probably be the bad guy of book two.
1: He's like, Oh, I think she's gonna be more trouble for me than like all my other enemies. And it's like, <laughs> Maybe that's because you've dealt with all your other enemies so badly. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, that was. It just felt. Mm, I did not love that. I felt a lot more sympathy for Grey Frost than freaking Silver Frost than Greylock. Is that what their kid's name would be? Would it be gray Frost? <laughs> we have a little child and now it's Greyfrost.
0: No, they just have to look at it, whatever defining feature the baby had.
1: Yeah. Right, so well, that's the book. And then at the very end, it says, Here ends the first part of the annals of Greylock of God's Home. The second part is called Ice Towers and recounts Greylock's discovery of the secret of the Wurrs and the finding of the true course of Gateway.
2: Oh, wow. We get the Wurrs and the Gateway.
0: Yeah, Really, this should have just been a longer book, and all of those things should have been combined.
1: It does feel yeah. like that way. Yeah. Especially, It feels like it's,
0: like, falsely separated to make you buy two books.
1: <laughs> and it's not, it's not, like, super long. It's, like, 160 pages. So, like, a 300-page book, that's...
0: 160 pages of, like, big baby boy font, too.
1: <laughs> baby boy font. <laughs> is, that, is that the official <laughs> typographical name for it?
2: While I was reading this, I for the first half, assumed that Duncan McGeary had, like, a coherent ideology that he was trying to convey with this book. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got it. I've got it. Like, he's giving this, like, big illustration of, like, feudalism, and then all this weird stuff with the magic rules. Oh, it's an illustration of, like, wage slavery, where it's, like, he doesn't own anything, and that's why, like, he has to work for this these wages, but it's, like, all the money just goes back to his, like, noble owner because money going back to um rent and just buying things to live you can never escape and he's like looking for a way out and then like Mara is, like, always trying to agitate the situation,
1: you know. And she actually seemed like a relatively realistic depiction of a certain type of person because she kept on insisting, like, oh, magic isn't real work. You should do real work if you want real money. And that felt so messed up when you saw the things that his magic could do, which are, like, these very impressive, very real things.
2: And then also, I mean, like, hardcore is just, like... So ideal. Yeah. He's... Take down the man. The sexiest... Mm -hmm most swole guy around. You
0: get beautiful doing honest labor.
2: And, like, (laughs) he's so, like, (laughs) fetishized and... It was, like, the whole time I was just waiting for them to, like, team up and, like, have, like, a
1: revolution there in f- the valley. Yeah, and it's, like, mentioned that the s- farmers are all strong and the soldiers are all weak. And so and it it's, like, felt the, like the it- whole time they just
2: never, like, oh, they don't realize their own power. And, like, hardcore is, like, so demure Anytime like like, <laughs> he's confronted and stuff. He just needs
1: to realize his own strength and then the people yeah. can come together.
2: And then also the whole stuff with Greylock enslaving Moag is like, I thought this was an illustration of the idea of good capitalism or green capitalism, where it's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll be good at this, and I'll do it the right way, which is like, that doesn't work under that system, like it's he, you're just going to end up the yeah. you know like yeah so but but then it all falls apart and makes no sense so
0: i i can't believe that the magic system wasn't some sort of message it was too detailed and strange yeah. not to be a commentary of some kind I
1: thought so at first but at the end of the book i was like oh well maybe he just did it that way because it's like convenient for what the plot was i felt it felt like he was representative of something like especially like we talked before about how it's like he's given this gold but the gold he can't buy anything with it it's just representative and then he's basically like enslaved to someone to do any magic they want and he's totally dependent on them to like provide anything for him but then at the end it's like oh surprise like it's not, And it's not like Greylock learns a lesson. I thought Greylock was going to learn a lesson and be like, yeah. oh, the, I am becoming something that is literally called a tyrant. That is bad. The way we are treating the people is bad. But instead, he's just like, ta-da, I let you go because I'm great. I learned no lessons. Yeah. And now I am something that is. The fact that what he becomes is called a tyrant, like, okay, in ancient okay we won't go into this (laughs) (laughs) but nowadays tyrant has a really bad connotation if you're like that person is a tyrant you're not like I love that person it was
2: definitely set up For him to, like, learn this lesson because he gets into it slowly where he keeps bargaining with himself and with Moag about, like, when he's going to let him go. That gets extended and, like, he has that weird confrontation with him where he's, like, he says all this mean stuff and ruins their friendship.
0: He sees the tyrant within him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but but he (laughs) never sees it. Does he see it in book two? I don't know. Yeah, I was
1: wondering that He just learns his
0: lesson right then. Oh, don't do that. Okay.
1: Or like, it's not even, don't do that. It's like, it's okay to do that because in the end I let him go and everything worked out great for me despite me constantly having the worst plans.
0: Okay. Well, maybe the book is a commentary on austerity and, you know. Like, he's a prince. He gets his wealth from his father in the beginning and anything he does will always turn out right because he has his yeah uh, heritage.
2: I feel like, yeah, Duncan McGarry, I'm guessing, has like feelings about all this stuff but just didn't
0: that wasn't the scope or point of the book it just thought, is there it's like
1: he was trying to write a traditional fantasy book and fit these ideas in it but the problem is a traditional fantasy book where like a monarchial hero wins back his homeland and becomes king is like inherently not going to work with that kind of commentary because it's reinforcing the i the ideas socialism and stuff are like pushing back against, like, the idea of a person's worth coming from a bloodline and, like, that meaning that they have, like, this inherent right to rule. So it's like, I felt like he has these ideas – and he's trying to, like, put them in this book, and he's like, oh, fuck, this isn't working.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This could have been so much better of a book, though, if he had really teamed up with hardcore, led the revolution, and then it's like, I don't know, like, even the romance would have made oh, more sense, like, if it's like, oh, Silver Frost as this, like, evil monarch whatever and versus Mara the people's hero or something you know like
1: right but she doesn't even seem like a people's hero because it's like but she, she could have been she could have been but I no, I actually in the better to, book the better she would have been. Okay the book I was fantasizing about <laughs> was almost anyone other than <laughs> it the main hero and it's like a subversion of this normal thing where Okay, I would have been okay with, like, almost anyone, but if we're going along, like, your lines, like, the story that I was thinking of that was closest to it was Mara is the hero, and, like, at the beginning, she's, like, she doesn't want to be a witch. She's angry at her grandfather. He always wants freedom, and that's bullshit. They, They team up with this prince, and as time goes on, she sees where her grandfather's, like, right. He's, like, wrong in some ways, but he's right in some ways. She starts being, like, this system is fucked up. She starts trying to change, like... Greylock's way of saying things, but that's hard because he has this, like, weird dual personality where, like, sometimes he's, like, this <laughs> fun barbarian and other times he's, like, I'm gonna be the tyrant and marry, like, Lady Silverfrost and, like, murder anyone who doesn't agree with me, so she has to, like, politically maneuver that. Maybe she's the one who, like, has a contact with hardcore or something. I don't know. All right. that, is
0: sorry. that what Game of Thrones is like? So- I
1: couldn't tell you.
0: Okay. Just wondering.
1: I don't know if I would want to
2: read Ice Castles. But I might kind of
0: be I bet you it's short and easy.
2: Yeah, I do. I'm curious, but I'm way more interested in Duncan McGeary's later works.
1: I'm kind of and curious. And the wild to see. pig apocalypse. <laughs> okay. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say I'm <laughs> curious to see if we managed to like ever do this where it's like yeah. fantasy with these ideas worked in. I will say, however, I do not think the wild pig apocalypse is where that happens. Oh, who knows? <laughs> Maybe I'm being close minded and snobby. Yeah, Maybe that's what if exactly it's like, where it happened. What if
0: it's like a ten thousand page like <laughs> deep economic philosophy? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the people band together to overcome the pings.
0: I also would be down if the book had just done like a heel turn to gay erotica with uh, hardcore. And, it
1: uh, felt like yeah. it should do that. I he's mean, so yeah. into hardcore. When that happened, I was genuinely like, I genuinely felt like surprised. I was like, <laughs> he's so into hardcore. He's like looking at him and like admiring his body and being like, he'd be a good sparring partner. And then he immediately, like no one else, he listens to almost what no one else says. But like hardcore... He he listens to him and uh, then they're yeah. like going there, and it's like, Oh, his stolid presence is really what's keeping me going through these caves. It just seems like love at first sight. Where it's like, uh-huh. him and Mara, he's like, She's bony, and then we didn't mention this, but there's this weird thing where it's like they're together for like maybe two weeks, and he's like, oh, I see you suddenly got some boobs in the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, he discovers her <laughs> boobs. <laughs> He also says, there was one moment that was also really funny to me where it's like, she has boobs now. And he's like, also, her hair's all smooth now. Like, she has grown-up hair. And I'm like, I think what's going on is that a lot of women, when they're in their teens, start using more hair products because that's what's expected (laughs) of them. And you just think that women's hair changes when they hit the end of puberty, which is not a thing. Well perhaps someone out there is like that, but no person I've ever known it's it, it hasn't worked out that way. That's I don't know, did you guys suddenly have sexier hair, adult at the hair? End of puberty? No. 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 <laughs> no, but
2: you know, my mid-20s, my hair became curly. Yeah,
0: that's true.
2: It went from like totally straight to curly. Well, maybe that's your sexy hair. It's my adult hair. Maybe, maybe my I'm adult, wrong. Hair you got your adult hair came <laughs> in. Uh, okay, so who do you think this book is for?
0: Uh, I think Duncan McCary knows. Uh, if you're into sword and sorcery, light and easy, entertaining. I
1: was going to say, it's a fun romp. It's some of these books you guys describe, and also with Nightblood, it's like trying to think of the person as like a niche category of three people on the planet. But I feel <laughs> like if you like swords and sorcery, want a quick fun book, yeah, this wouldn't be a terrible choice. You just have to be willing to also read...
0: That's true. I you, you have to be ready. It tricks you into thinking it's short, but it's actually, you know, probably another hundred pages long.
1: That's not too bad. Especially since this is a very fast read. I mean, like, obviously all of us were going a lot more slowly than we normally could would because we were all taking notes. But, like, this is a fast read. Other than noisome words are used correctly. So
0: that's <laughs> always fun and relaxing. And, you know, when you're looking at these kinds of books, you're wanting a fun romp. So if you're in the used bookstore looking at pulp sci-fi, this is probably what you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this felt like a lot of books that, like, I read as a kid that I found in, like, I don't know, an uncle's house or something. And I read it in, like, an afternoon, and I was like, yeah, that's great. I mean, like, at the time, I probably would have been less critical of the socioeconomic structure. (laughs) 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 But it kind of felt like that. It wasn't like. Yeah.
0: I guess it could also be for kids uh, the violence is pretty toned down. There's like some killing in the big battle, but
2: yeah, it's not. Greylock specifically
0: doesn't kill his vi- like his enemies at the end, and yeah, weirdly sexual, but not like overly it's like a normal
1: kids. book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> weirdly enough, going back to that weird battle in the underground cavern, I actually thought that was the best part of the book. It felt like the only part where he's actually struggling and you feel like things might genuinely go wrong. The rest of the book I never had that feeling. That was like (laughs) the battle. Like when they're trapped underground and it's like things are kind of getting worse and worse and then they're and then it's like they're stuck and then the soldiers are pouring in. That felt like the only part where it was like, oh, it feels like there's some actual threat to the main character and what he's going for. Yeah,
0: there's even a moment where Greylock isn't confident in that part where he like doubts himself that's the only time in the book when he doubts himself
1: he's never doubted himself before Mm -hmm. except maybe when he sees two people and he's like oh they're not demons (laughs) they look like an old man and his granddaughter okay
0: This was a year of highs and lows, <laughs> unforgettable moments, and very forgettable moments.
2: You want to start with some of the, the high points? I think
0: the, the highest high was Fireship and you, Mother and Child.
2: If you read one dumpster book this year... <laughs> The I think the only book we've ever recommended on this show, <laughs> <laughs> Fire Ship, Mother and Child, the collection by Joan D. Vinge.
0: I hadn't dared to hope to discover a great book this way, <laughs> but we did it.
2: Should I say more about it? Should I move on? I don't know. Well,
0: I don't think you have to do a plot synopsis okay. or anything, but. You say how it's changed your outlook on life or your outlook on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Right now, the two of you should do a plot summary and then talk about your feelings about (laughs) Fireship for maybe about an hour or
0: so. Just do the whole podcast again. (laughs) All right, now we're going to copy-paste every episode in after this one.
2: No. Until Fireship, though, I thought Sword of Lancor was actually a good, enjoyable book, which felt like one of the best that we had read. Mm-hmm. Then Fireship kind of blew it out of the water.
0: I don't think I felt the same about Sword of Lancor as you did.
1: Remind me really fast what Sword <laughs> of Lancor was about. I don't remember.
0: Uh, another ultimate cool guy hero. It was a
1: sword and sorcery. Like, Is that the one where the guy was also on a bikini on the front? Yeah, in, no. it had like the, a it had the, little
0: like, gerbily cat man.
1: Like a cat gremlin. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I remember things not by their names, so.
2: Well, I think I just really enjoyed a lot of the descriptions of the world and the setting and then like the goofy characters. It was fun, but um, yeah.
0: I mean, before, yeah, before Fireship, our, our peak was uh, this wasn't painful <laughs> or it was enjoyable. Well, you
1: guys liked... You guys liked a couple. Mm-hmm. You've liked Silver Metal Lover. Um, the one where, unfortunately, in the second book, everyone becomes obsessed with wine. And the book that I <laughs> yeah, actually, well, I've actually read it, but I can't think of its name, where go into the uh, a bunch of poets go into the woods. Oh, The Knot World. Yeah, The Knot yeah,
0: World.
2: Yeah, those are all prior yeah, years. Yeah, those were all
0: the highest moments.
2: Yeah, but there were a lot of lows
0: this year. <laughs> Don't forget the lows.
2: Some <laughs> deep Lows.
0: Uh. And Elaine got to experience, I would say, maybe our lowest low.
1: <laughs> I can <laughs> Nightblood, for your guys' sake that was the lowest <laughs> low. Otherwise, it, it really feels like you guys are torturing yourselves no, horribly okay. each month.
0: There, yeah. I think there are some that are worse, but they were a third the length.
1: Yeah. Part of, like, Nightblood's problem was just the inescapability <laughs> of it. It really felt like you were, like, in a... You're like in a, a giant ceramic pit and you're sort of scrabbling at the side trying to get oh, out. Oh, man. So That's-
0: you're saying Nightblood is an existentialist horror story <laughs> so like, where know. you are the
1: You <laughs> end up becoming Nightblood and you spend too much time in
2: it. I wasn't expecting something to be that bad. we like, yeah, our highest high and our lowest
1: low this year.
0: I have mostly forgotten it, though, other than those tiny little paragraph-long stories.
1: I definitely wish I could have forgotten.
0: The, <laughs> so it's frustrating cool. that those are the like the thing I remember most vividly because they were...
1: Those are some of the worst parts. It is
0: like, the worst part of the book.
1: Yeah. And speaking of phobic, <laughs> Kill Ratio is the other one you guys have listed oh as Oh my loves. god. Yeah, Kill Ratio the book
2: was absolutely horrible, but Kill Ratio was actually a lot of fun. It was so bad. It was hilarious. The episode was a lot of fun, too.
0: Yes. That is the so bad it's good (laughs) of books, except it doesn't work so much as it does in movies.
2: Yeah. I mean, because you can sit down and watch a movie for like under two hours. It's done. But reading a book... I mean, even if you're a fast reader.
0: And Kill Ratio is long also. That's yeah. another long one. But that did have the most, like, stupidly funny things in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is just dumb. <laughs> Whoever thought of it is dumb. <laughs> and you laugh out loud as it's happening.
1: Um, You guys and Nick seemed, like, simultaneously horrified and amused. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly though, one of the books
2: I hated the most was Dinosaur World. It was supposed to be a fun kids book. You 90s Dinosaur with Very high hopes. Yeah. And it was so infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> that one drove me crazy. I hated that.
0: So you're saying anytime we brought a friend on to the show. <laughs> it was-
1: <laughs> you guys read technically two books for the dinosaur one, but Lindsay, I mean Mimi was the only person who read the one that was like any fun. Yeah. It was, yeah. Instead of the three we read the Everyone else got stuck in Dinosaur World and couldn't escape.
0: And then those are also in our unforgettable moments. I will never forget Dinosaur World.
2: Never forget the scent gland. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and
0: Who's, like, the sort of villain scientist that was in the cage with them and how weird he was with Jenny and oh, Peter.
2: Oh, God. And Peter.
0: Yeah, Peter. I hate
2: Peter. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hate the Peter worst forever. character. The worst character in any book all year. But
0: because he was too well-crafted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> too real. <laughs> A lot of forgettables.
1: This year as
0: well. Our Valentine's Day episode, Heart Clock, all I remember is that it's British.
1: It's about an old man having a fantasy that you can become the leader of a revolution just by hanging around. He just <laughs> trip over your own dick and become like the prime <laughs> <I> minister. Just <laughs> over your own dick. He just like <laughs>
2: stumbles into it.
0: When we're talking about Snow Castle? No. Or?
2: Okay, but no, Heart Clock. Had the same thing with Snow Castles where it was like, I thought there was going to be some like ideology, like anti austerity and like all this stuff. And it was like, because it was totally set up to be.
0: But that's just it being British. <sighs> British kind of just has that in it.
1: But then no! it didn't. <laughs> <There's>...
2: <laughs> and the main character of that was the most pitiful character the most useless character in any book we've uh, ever an read. An old
0: British man.
2: Who was incapable of doing anything <laughs> and had no agency whatsoever in the story. He did nothing until suddenly he was the Prime Minister.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, he mostly got knocked out and betrayed. He Those are <laughs> failed upward over and over. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I think the funniest part for me was when you guys described that He's like thinks he's doing a really bad job because no one ever shows up to his meetings. But surprise, he's actually doing a great job. Everyone just doesn't show up to his meetings because they think he doesn't want them to. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: Idle pleasures is I don't think it's like forgettable in the way where I would want to wipe it from my brain because I, I did enjoy some of it.
2: Yeah. And then have
0: that great twist at the end or what I consider a twist.
2: Yeah, I like some of those stories. I have a lot.
0: forgotten pretty much yeah. all of it.
2: <laughs> they were so short. It's hard sometimes to remember, but yeah, it was it was a mixed bag. <laughs> Wandering variables.
0: Gone. It's all gone.
2: I mean, yeah, it was just like okay, we're just going to experience this man's kinks for a
1: while.
0: Explore his fetish.
1: That. And okay. then we'll be done with this. All right. I will say this. I kind of forgot it, too, until very recently when my mom said, hey, I listened to another episode of Mimi and Sean's podcast. And I said, which one? And she said, well, it's like the one where the woman's She-Hulk. And then and then I was like, of all the ones I need to listen to, Mom, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah i'd forgotten that one until recently where i was violently reminded
2: (laughs) the ace double novel that we just read
0: yours is gone i mean i didn't read yours but it's gone yeah all of it's gone and then mine i remember it's like basically dune before dune and there's (laughs) a weird guy
2: the lord of death and the queen of life was another one that's like the book itself wasn't that good But that's one that I'm glad that I read.
0: I thought it was going to be, I was kind of dreading it because it was so old.
2: But it was actually readable. Yeah. And socialists really do love (laughs) LaCroix.
0: It's true. And the book we just read, I feel like, will be gone very soon.
1: Yes, it will. Like, I did not read this that long ago, but I did have to, like, go over all my notes again to get things in order. And I think there were even a couple things on the show where I was, like, talking to you guys, and I was like, something happens at this (laughs) point (laughs) I can't
0: remember (laughs) what. It's it's just there's, like, no moments where, like, stops to have a fun character-building moment that you'd remember, or, like, nothing particularly crazy or interesting happens. There's a fun
1: character-building moment when Mara says, perhaps, have you considered enslaving (laughs) 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 figureheads mother (laughs) long-term?
2: yeah. I feel like a lot of the fun character moments were us reading between the lines into, like, the homoerotic nature
1: (laughs) of graylock and hardcore yeah that one was almost i almost remember more what i was hoping would happen than what actually happened (laughs) those are
2: the
0: memories you want to keep
2: yeah the better book is gonna stick in my head and like a year from now i'm gonna be like oh yeah snow castles that book that like fantasy novel about socialist revolution (laughs) like.
0: another year of our lives gone forever (laughs)
1: Into the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> there to remain for the rest of eternity as we trudge on.
2: Do you have any books you're looking forward to in 2020? Fresh start. I do intend to read some Ursula Le Guin.
1: I have a, t- I have literally a hundred books in a pile that I'm supposed to read, but I do hope at some point to read Ursula Le Guin.
0: Well, luckily Le- Ursula Le Guin's like super easy too. Is she? Yes.
1: Okay, I wasn't sure what her, like, density level was.
0: Uh, it's it's very light.
1: Okay, that's good. That <laughs> That's a bit of a release. And they're pretty much all good.
0: I haven't read a bad one yet. I haven't read them all, though.
1: What about you two? Any books?
0: Uh, do, would you like to finish a book this year, Mimi? <sighs> <laughs> is there a book you've been reading for three years that what? you'd like to finish? Wait, is there?
2: Wait, what is this? <laughs> okay, there's more than one. <laughs>
1: Which, what are these books? The Bible.
2: (laughs) No. God.
1: I mean, basically. (laughs) Basically. What is it? No.
2: I mean, okay, I don't even know which one you're thinking of. Because, like, one day I would like to finish that stupid sequel to Foundation that I started. Like, ten years ago. And it's been on my, like,
0: currently reading.
2: And I just, I just can't finish it. It's
1: too boring. (laughs) Maybe at this point you should like, put that aside and yeah. accept, be like, I finished it because it's bad, so that means I only read of it.
2: Um, same thing happened with Don Quixote, because I got an audiobook where the reader has a Spanish accent, but it's so thick I can't understand <laughs> what he's saying!
1: <laughs> seems like maybe another case of get a different version.
2: <laughs> and another one I'm stuck on. Is, is this one in a language you don't <laughs> understand? It's <laughs> like in French. I'm, I'm like 80% of the way through Seven Eves. That's than, one I was The Neil was Stevenson. About. But it's good. But I don't know why I can't finish
0: it. He's written two or three more books <sighs> since that one came out.
2: Okay, well, this is going to be the year that I finish it. I feel it.
1: <laughs> so that one's your goal? Yeah. Seven
2: Eves. And after that, Wild Pig Apocalypse, number one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're going to have to tell us how that one is. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really hoping there's some sweet socialism advice
2: <laughs> yeah. there. Well, what about you, Sean? What are you gonna read this year? Uh,
0: let's keep working my way through all the books I skipped in high school, <laughs> and try to be as smart as the base American who's graduated high school.
1: Mm, that's something I need to do
0: too. <laughs> um, I think I want to read more Joan Vinge.
1: Yeah, because
0: uh, as I've Learned more about her since that podcast. It seems like she's sort of a hidden influence on a lot of authors. I think a lot of other authors know how great she is, but maybe just hasn't penetrated into the Mm -hmm. civilian reader. So I'm interested in finding more of her books and reading those.
1: Good one. Like a sci fi author's sci fi author.
0: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Well, if you'd like to join us in 2020. And achieve our goals. <laughs> we are reading Space Cops. Mind blast.
2: <laughs> Off to a great start. <laughs> you can contact us at dumpsterbookclub at gmail.com or join our group on Goodreads. Thanks,
1: Elaine. I hope this was a little better. This <laughs> is so much better than everyone and I like. In some ways, I think I have like this weird fondness of this book. <laughs> because I was like, so de- it was a delight. You're after <laughs> really. I was reading this and I was like, oh, this is so great. I love it, <laughs> especially after freaking Nightblood. Oh my god.